Good evening. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We pray that you will be blessed today. And uh, Apostle James Vivian will be coming out of Mark chapter 9. And we just want to welcome him back. He's been traveling. So welcome back, Apostle James Vivian. Well, thank you, Deborah. Okay, the Lord has been blessing us. Just second. It didn't work at first. That uh, many, many, many mar- marvelous works was happening with God down there. The main thing is people were learning, and that the Bible that is written for our last days is what we have to learn now, because it talks in the book of Daniel that in the last days knowledge would increase. Well, people are saying, well, that means that cars and planes and stuff like that. But no, it was not only that because God does things in the natural and the supernatural. But he was talking about knowledge of the word so that we would change and be what we're supposed to be in the last days. Whereas in the beginning, it says that he made us in his likeness and in his image. And there's a lot to mean about that. So. Anyway, we got Rhonda Mayberry here. She'll be here today. And and anybody else that wants to uh, chime in when I ask if there's any questions and answers, then go ahead and push one, and they'll let Deborah know, and then she'll uh, let me know. All right. How are you doing, uh, Miss Rhonda Mayberry? Uh, how you feel today? You ready for the word of God? All right, so you really have to kind of speak up so they can hear you over the mic here. All right, we're going to start off with Mark, the ninth chapter, starting for the first verse. As you know, we've been steady studying the book of Mark. And you notice that a lot of things are metaphors, just like what it says in that uh, the eighth chapter and the 24th verse where it says, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. That's when Jesus had prayed for this blind man. As we know, we are, we're not trees walking. Nobody ever see us as trees walking. But the Bible is setting this up for metaphors and uh, allegories and uh, concealed meanings. And uh, Deborah taught on it not too long ago on uh, what it means by uh, the book of Proverbs, and where it, what it says about what it says there about hidden scriptures, hidden meanings, and stuff. And then it says it's our job in Matthew, the, I mean more, uh, Proverbs, the twenty-fifth chapter, the first verse, that it's our job. Even though they say kings, that means people. It's our job to search it out and find the answer, and then live what it says. But lazy people are not going to do this. And that's why we have so many people falling off by the wayside instead of learning what the word says. And and that is one of the uh, things that was said in the Bible says, forever learning, going around in circles, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, then we're going to go ahead and start with uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, starting with the first verse. Go ahead, Rhonda. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here, 
which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. All right, now let's look at this thing here. You know, he's trying to tell him something. And the only way you can find out about what God is always telling us is to go back and read what's it, maybe sometimes three and four verses, sometimes maybe one verse, and sometimes you don't have to do it at all. But in this case, let's look at it. It says, we want to see the kingdom of God come with power. Well, let's see what we have to do to get this to happen. So now will you read uh, the eighth chapter? And the 34th verse. Right, yeah, the next chapter, above it. And the 34th verse. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever shall say shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, let's just look at that real quick. It says, whoever shall be uh, come after me hath to deny himself and take up his cross. The word cross is a word for life burden. What it is, you got to go through the test. People always, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why is God allowing this to happen? It's so that you will draw closer to him. A lot of times when you're going through trials and tribulations and, and, and wearing on your patience and stuff and you don't know what to do next, you learn to pray more. You learn to spend more time in what the word says because the word is God, the written and spoken word. And as you start to understand that, when he was saying uh, on that 35th verse, was to lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. What does that mean? We're talking about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's made of rules, rules of the word, even written or spoken. Remember when uh, Jesus was on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What he was talking about was prophecy. And the prophecy is that for 2,000 years, the Jewish people will uh, claim that he is not one of their prophets. They would say, oh, he was a good man, but he was not who he says he was. In fact, they say he's a false prophet. But it was a prophecy that says they were eyes would be closed for 2,000 years and that in the end they will come back uh, crying out to God and find out the true God is Jesus and that he is the word and the word is made flesh through him. So here we are looking at the scriptures of building us up to understand metaphors, metaphors, metaphors. The uh, board, can you explain a little bit about what you had to teach on that time? I think it was metaphors and stuff. Um, yeah, sure. <clears throat> metaphors um, is well, we know the Bible is made up of 
allegories, parables, proverbs, and metaphors. So metaphor is, is really just a speech in which a, a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is literally applicable. So it basically is a comparison between two things or, or concepts. So metaphors are, are symbols of the true reality hidden in the Bible, and not only in the Bible, but in the world we use metaphors. So um, <clears throat> it's a dark saying which shadows forth the di didactic. So basically that's intended to teach proper or moral behaviors. That's the word for uh, didactic. But <clears throat> metaphor, proverbs, allegories, they're similar, but there are some differences between them. And metaphors is a direct comparison between two things or concepts, and Proverbs conveys wisdom through metaphor. And also Proverbs can be best understood metaphorically rather than literally. Amen. Amen. So that's why I was trying to tell you just now what it says, my God, my God, it's said twice. And that means God is trying to get your attention. And when he says, why have you forsaken me? He was talking about of God. The Jews, they deny him. But he already prophesied that, and this is why we're learning on how do we survive. Because he said, you, you, you can give up your whole soul and get everything in the world, but you'll lose your soul. Well, what does that mean? In other words, you'll lose the presence or the glory of God. That's why you have to do what the Bible says and fulfill the rules of the scriptures. All right, Rodney, go ahead and continue. Uh, mark the, uh, the second, uh, I mean, ninth chapter and the second verse, wasn't it? After six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into the high mountain apart by themselves, and he transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, as so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said, said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. But he wist not what to say, for they were so afraid. Now, you notice a lot of times when you're uh, not sure what to say, you'll let your mouth say anything. That's why we have to put a guard over our mouth. And that's what you notice, that Peter didn't know what to say. So he said, well, let's make a tabernacle small, but... Let's look at what this is really saying. It says, after six days. What happened on the sixth day of creation? Man was created. Jesus, talking with Peter and James and John, and led them into a high place or mountain. What is another word for mountain? Is a kingdom or where the rules are at. Apart from them, that was the other, that he was transfigured before them. And he was his raiment, as I said, was exceedingly bright, glorious white. Do you read it in the Bible about Moses when he came down from off the mountain or out of the kingdom 
His face was glowing. Myself, I have experienced that. I was uh, at my house. The Lord stayed with me for three and a half days, and when I came out of my room, my face was glowing. And I'm trying to tell you, it's a, a, a feeling that you can't explain. It's like uh, electricity. It's almost like electricity, but it, static electricity, dra- draining, I mean, transferring through your body. Then it says, and then appeared with him Elijah with Moses. What is, I remember I tell you the Bible is full of metaphors. What is Elijah? He represents the prophet. What is Moses? He represents the law. The letter of the law will kill you, but it's the understanding and uh, wisdom of God to give you life and life more abundantly if you understand what it really means. And the only way we can get an understanding, you have to have a teacher. Well, I can learn myself. I can do. No, you have to have a teacher. And that's why it says, and there appeared with him uh, Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with who? The teacher, Jesus. That's why he's called Rabboni, the master teacher. And then go ahead now. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Stop right there. If you notice, he didn't say listen to Moses. He didn't say listen to Elijah. He said listen to the word, which is his son, who gives us teaching, who gives us an understanding. Jesus came with a fold-forward ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. And when you put it together, it is our creator. Jesus is our creator. That's why it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, the word God can mean, one of the meanings is creator. He created everything. If you read the rest of it, it will explain itself that without him was nothing made that was made. He is the great creator. All right? Keep going. And suddenly, when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only with themselves. In other words, Jesus is the teacher. That's what God has said. This book, this book says, I come in the Bible, the book says, written to me. That means that the scriptures with understanding, which is the spirit of God, that's another word for spirit, is understanding. And that teacher will give you the keys to the kingdom. That's why you had to give it uh, an understanding to Peter because it's metaphors. All right, keep going. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. In other words, I keep trying to tell people that God conceals uh, the meaning of things. And it's only way you'll get them is that the Holy Spirit gives you life to where you'll pick it up when it says you must be born again. That is a different way of thinking. That's why it's written in um, um, Romans, the 12th chapter. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, taking you another way of seeing things. And all of a sudden, light will come. Light is another word for understanding will come. That's why it talks about the blind man so much. God gives us, came to set the captives free. He came to give eyesight to the blind. That's literally and spiritual. All right, keep going. 
and they kept that same with themselves, questioning one with another what the rising from the dead should mean. And they asked him, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must first come? And he answered and told them, Elias verily cometh first, and restore all, restores all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be set at naught. But I say unto you that Elias is indeed come, and they shall, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. Now, if you notice, it says, as it is written of him. The Bible is a book of prophecies. It has been written ahead of time, but everybody will not understand it until you understand how the kingdom operates. And one of the things about uh, the scriptures, as if you notice, about John the Baptist. Now, what happened with John the Baptist while he was here? What was his purpose? His purpose was for us to learn how the kingdom was changing. That's why it says you cannot put new wine into old bags because they'll split. You can't put this knowledge into people who uh, what you call religious because they'll not understand it. The Bible tells us that we've got to do our part to change. In other words, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Most of the time we're thinking about people and stuff. We're, this is talking about yourself, but against principalities and stuff. Spiritual things, we got to wrestle against them on ourselves. You can't correct somebody else until, first of all, you get corrected, until you start doing what's right. How are you going to help somebody and you uh, doing the same thing they're doing? The thing is, you've got to fight those spirits that you come against, and it's called overcoming. We're overcomers. So now that we need uh, an information about what was happening with John, what he was trying to teach us, as it, says, as it is written. So now we need to turn to Mark, I mean, uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter and the 11th verse. We'll be back to this one later, but check it up now. Uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter. We have a question, Apostle. Okay. I didn't know how you want to do this. You want to wait till afterwards? Six eight nine, six eight nine, two three nine. Your mic is open. Hello. Six eight nine, two three nine. Your mic is open. Oh. Okay. Hi. Uh, I have a question. Okay. How long? How long did it take for the people to cross the Red Sea? Hmm. That is an interesting question. And I have no 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 knowledge of that one. Okay. I'm glad you did that because I, I love to be stumped. I love people who can come up with a question that I do not know, and that is one I do not know, but I will search that out later. Okay, um, my other one is, what does God give Job a glimpse of? Mm. Well, there's several things that uh, that he, 
that he's seen, and that was uh, uh, the ghost, and he saw, um, let's see, what else did he show, Job? Mm, that's another one. Well, thank you. Well, what, what, do you know the answer? No, I do not. Oh, okay. Well, I will definitely have to look those two things up. Okay. Do I have time for one more? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What choices did God give Adam? Uh, what choices did God give Adam? He gave him the, uh, well, he told him not to eat of the tree of good and evil. That was one mm-hmm. of the choices. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I know. Yeah, it would be that one. But he told him he could eat from any tree that he wanted to, except for the tree of good and evil. Okay, and I have one more. Okay. How did blacks come about? Okay, how did blacks come about? Well, that's the thing that the Bible really doesn't tell us. It tells us that there were four sets of people on this earth came from one set of family, which was uh, uh, Noah. And Noah had three sons, and the three sons had three wives. And it shows that uh, each one of them, if you read the uh, genealogy, it will tell you each one had certain amount of kids, and these are the races and how the races were. So there was the red race, the black race, the yellow race, and uh, you see, white, red, yellow. Which one am I missing? Black, yellow, white. Black. The bar? Black. Mm-hmm. White, red, black, yellow, black. Red, black, yellow, white. White, red, yellow, black. Oh, okay. So those okay. are the four races. And that's why I said they don't really tell you except they were four wives. So I figured that each one of those women was a race of itself. Okay. But I'd have to look it up to see. Because I told you, the Bible is written of metaphors instead of uh, literal. So even though we can see it in the literal, God has set up messages all through the Bible, all through the Bible, so that we'll get mm-hmm. to the last part of it when it, with the overcomers in the book of Revelation and that we will, that God said he will live with us and he we will be his people, and he will be our God. I'm sorry I didn't answer the question that you asked, but I'm going to look those up, and I'll okay. get back with you on the next one. Okay, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Right now, as I said, we're at uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter, and um, the 11th verse, 11 11. All right, when you go ahead and read, Rhonda. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of Jesus, there hath not been greater than John the Baptist. We're still talking about John now. John's name, the word John means of God's grace. So it's just, yeah, he's a person, but it was actually talking about why God is doing what he's doing. And he's trying to teach us how to think and receive the kingdom, which is of knowledge, so that we can survive in this world, which is not our home, that we're passing through here. Go ahead. Notwithstanding, he 
that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it, take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. Now look at that. This is what most preachers would be preaching in the pulpit. Well, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and we must take it by force. That is not what it says. It says, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Thing happened when John came on the scene. So now let's turn to, uh, I think it's Mark. What did I tell you earlier? No. No, no. Uh, Luke. I think it's Luke uh, 16 and 16. Let's go to uh, Luke 16 and 15 first. Okay. That'll give people a chance to get there. Luke 16 and 15. We're trying to tell you about what God's word is saying to us and that we are changed by the word, the written and spoken, that it's metaphors, it is hidden in Proverbs and stuff. God conceals things, but he reveals things to those that search after him, after God diligently. Okay, go ahead. He said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourself before men. For God knoweth your hearts, for that which is high esteem among men is abomination in the sight of God. In other words, I tell people at our church, stop trying to defend yourself. We're supposed to humble ourselves to see what the word is telling us, and that's what we have to live by. So when people's heart is up and, and trying to defend themselves, a lot of times it's pride. It's your ego. Crucify your flesh daily, which means crucify your ego daily. Watch out what comes out of your mouth because you'll say things without thinking about what you're saying, and then you try to justify when you're wrong. All right, keep going. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presses into it. Now, look at this. Remember before we talked about, and the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violence take it by force. But then it tells you there was a change. And the change was that the kingdom of God, the rules of the word, well, what does it mean? Affirmation. Start speaking affirmations and speak things that are positive. And every man presses in. In other words, you think whatever you want to have to somebody else, that's what you want to help to you. So in other words, when you speak things, when you prophesy things, and what do you mean? Not prophesy, I say thus says it. No, you can speak things and prophesy things all at the same time without saying thus says the Lord. Because God has created us in his image and in his likeness, and that's why we have to give an account for every idle word, because God is changing us now. And we've been changing and transforming for the last 2,000 years. Back to what we used to be like. The kingdom of God was moved by words. The kingdom of God was created by words. Everything was created by words. And that's why I tell people, write down uh, scriptures and say those scriptures. I guess uh, like my cousin Joyce, he, he says scriptures. My ex-wife, he used to say scriptures. 
scriptures is things that's going to help you in the time of trouble. And that trouble is left by God so that you can get closer to him because when you're in trouble, you run quicker to God than you do when you're not. Go ahead. And it is easy for heaven and earth to pass than one title of the law to fail. Whosoever put away his wife and marrieth another commits adultery. And whosoever marries her that is put away from her husband committed adultery. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared uh, sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gates full of souls and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, as I told you, the Bible is written of metaphors and stuff. And so did this actually happen? Actually, it could have. But it's trying to tell us a story, a hidden meaning, so that we don't end up in torment ourselves. If we do those things with the word says to love God, and he said, what is the thing that God requires of us? To judge rightly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God or with the word, realizing that when you don't do those things, if you're unkind to people, that stuff will come back at you. In other words, we call it uh, whatever man soweth, so shall he reap. Other places they say, uh, uh, what's that say, yin-yang. In other words, whatever you did wrong, it's going to come back. Everything you did right is going to come back. It may not come back right away, but it's going to come back. All right, keep going. Five and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented. Now, the word Lazarus, one of the names for Lazarus means God's help. He was figuring that Abraham is a righteous man, that he could pray to God and get mercy on him. But just because you ask, just because you say something, doesn't mean it's going to happen. God has already warned us on what we need to do. And when you go into trouble, you got to remember, he ain't trying to punish you. He's trying to bring you closer to himself. As I said, it's kind of hard to understand sometimes, but it's written as metaphor. Go ahead. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all these, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence, to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. And he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify to them, lest they come unto this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, what this is saying. It, they had the law, the written, and the spoken law. The prophets, they prophesied to them. Now, here's the rest of it. Go ahead. Let them hear them. Said, Nay, Father Abraham, 
But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the, pro- and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose from the dead. And Jesus rose from the dead, and they still died believing. Because as I told you, on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was talking about the people, not hearing the word of God and recognize that he was the Christ. But they will after 2,000 years. That's why you start to see uh, several of the Jews now coming toward Christ and calling him the Messiah. But there's going to be a time when all Israel is going to cry out and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody got any questions out there? Or do you have any comments to make, uh, Deborah? No. If you have any questions, press one, and I will open your mic. Any questions or comments? Uh, 689-239, did you still have another question? No, I sure don't. Okay. If you press one to close your mic, that will remove your hand. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so the main thing is that right now we're going to go to uh, Proverbs the twenty. I mean Proverbs the first chapter and the first verse. Proverbs the first chapter and the first verse. The Bible gives us rules to live by, and then it explains what the rules are. If people would just learn that everything is not literal, because God has things, and then he tells you, hey, you want to be happy? You want to be blessed? Do what I tell you to do, and I'll bring these things to pass for you. We have first chapter and the first verse. And Deborah, will you read this? Uh, Proverbs 1, the the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of of David, king of Israel, no wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man's discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. All right, now let's look at what this is saying. It says, Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, the, the word king can mean people. And then the word Israel sometimes means wrestle with God, but it also means straight to God. So in other words, people wrestle over the word. That's why Peter said earlier, they wrestle on what Paul says because they have no understanding. And it's hard meaning sometimes. But that's what the Bible already has said was going to happen. We are to learn of him through teachers that understand what the gospel is really saying, the prophets are the uh, witnesses of what the Spirit has written down, and the Spirit unites with the Spirit in you if you're born again. Then you will start to come on one accord, one 
knowledge. God is trying to put us back together after we were split up at the Tower of Babel, where we come down and confuse our language because he said they were all on one accord and one language and everything, nothing would be impossible for them. So in other words, once you get an agreement, that's why it says we're two touch and agree. And it's not just talking about people. It's talking about the spirit in you and the spirit of God. Touch and agree, that's when things happen. A lot of times we're sitting there trying to force God, oh, Lord, your word says this and your word says that, and we're trying to force God into something instead of having a relationship with God. So like when my kids come to me and say, Daddy, I'm hungry, they don't hear me say, I ain't going to feed you because I am the Father. I'm going to supply what they need. That's why the Bible has written all these different scriptures in there. They help us along where it says, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It tells us that everything that comes down that is good comes down from the Father of light, which enters into our spirit realm, which is our psyche, which is our mind. And in our mind, God tells us what to say, what to do. And if we do this according to God's will, then we will have what we ask for. But you got to remember, you cannot put God in no box and say, God, this, you're going to have to do this. I've heard preachers say that. Listen, God is God all by himself. He doesn't need our help. <laughs> we need him. And that's what he's trying to show us when he's been teaching us about these words and about things being here, because he wants us to understand we depend on him. And who is him? The word. In fact, about it, I like to change that word God to creator because that's who he is. He's a creator, and he created everything for his pleasure. Well, what is his pleasure? To love us. That is his pleasure. He is not bound as a genie. He comes to us because he loves us. He loves us so much that you have no idea. That's why, you know, he, he had to send his own word down here to see why people would not obey the word, why they would not obey what he had sent the prophets and the prop, um, the lawmakers to put out here because he knew that it was right, and Jesus fulfilled everything in the law and including the understanding of the law. That was the main thing. They were so legalistic back in the old days. They still are. But the Bible says this and the Bible says this, and they have no understanding what does the Bible really say. When it says, thou shalt not kill, well, that's the only part that's written there. If you look at the Ten Commandments, so that means you can't kill no bugs, you can't kill no trees, you can't kill nothing. Well, that's without an understanding. That's why it says wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your getting, and that's when you'll start to understand parables and stuff. All right, Deborah, go ahead and read. Um, to understand a proverb, and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Now, in other words, what it's saying right there, when it, that eighth verse, it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of your mother. It's not talking about your father and mother. It's talking about the written word and the spoken word. The written word is what they're talking about is the father, 
and the spoken word is what they refer to as the mother. And then if you break it down even farther, it represents wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Understanding is the thing you've got to get about the wisdom. So that's why it says father and mother. So if you look at that, it's not always like that. You've got to remember, Hebrew words can be more than one word at the same time. So now you have an understanding of that obey the word because people will get you not to obey the word and say, well, I believe God's word means this and I believe God's word means that. And the Bible tells us very clearly it needs no private interpretation. It needs no private explanation. It will interpret itself. It will explain itself if you're willing to spend time with the word. All right, keep going. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent, innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. In other words, what it's talking about is having one mind, one thought, one interpretation of what they think is right. In other words, they want you to do the things that they're doing, and, it's, uh, and a lot of times they're violating God's word. That's why it says, blessed is the man that not, uh, sits, what is it? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. If you look at this, these are the people and the way they think. They're on what we call the beast level. And the beast level will get you out of fellowship or out of the relationship with God. Because God allowed things to happen to you so it'll bring you back to him. This is why we, we strive every day to enter in at the straight gate, which means to get into the right understanding. Go ahead and hit the next one. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And so they in other words, make... what's going to happen? So what's going to happen is whatever you do is going to come back to you, good or bad. So they, that's why the Bible is written in Proverbs. And it has a meaning. Let's turn now to Proverbs, the 25th chapter, and the first verse. We have a question. Do you want to wait after the next scripture? Uh, uh, after, after I read this one. Okay. 25th chapter in the first verse. Go ahead and read, Deborah. Okay. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So right there, it tells you God conceals things. And it says, and it's the glory. Well, what is glory? That means something you brag about. That's why it says of God. We brag about what he's done, that he's concealed these things, but it's the honor of people. That's what kings in this thing mean, to search out the matter. In other words, find the truth, but the truth is what sets you free. That's what we've been missing. What is the truth? 
truth is what is in uh, what is the what is your purpose here? What is the uh, thing that we're supposed to be doing here? And do we have an understanding of what God wants from us? Now we're going to turn over to uh, uh, Psalms, the 18th chapter. Psalms, the 18th chapter. Get over there, and then we'll. I'll tell you what to read then. I'll go ahead and answer the uh, get the question there. Okay. Nine one three three four seven. Your mic is open. Good evening, Saints. Good well, evening. How you doing? Everything's good and well. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize because this is probably going to be off topic, but it is biblical. So I've got a question about um, Elijah. Okay. Okay. And so in specifically... In um, I think it's Second Kings and the second chapter, where he's getting called up on the chariot and the whirlwind, and so I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Would so? Do you think that it was a literal, like old timey? chariot and uh, with horses or do you think it was maybe like a vehicle like a, a ufo type that came down and that took him a good away. question and uh i take the latter end of that that it was a vehicle and they had no way of describing what was going on so they used the word chariot and uh horses of fire because they had no way of interpreting back then. That's why I said in the last days in the book of Daniel, knowledge would increase. Now we can look at that and say, well, yeah, that it might as well have been a vehicle, and that the chariot of fire was the uh, the fire coming out of the back of the engine or the side of the engine. So yes, I agree with that. Okay. Um... Great. So then the next part of that is, um, so I don't believe all of the reports of people being abducted per se are necessarily real. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the world, mental illness and the like, but I don't believe it's all fake. So do you think that not just evil aliens, but good non-human creatures which you could call angels, are still taking people like that they took Elijah, or is it just one-offs in the Bible that we know about? Okay. And the only thing that... The Bible, just normal stuff that's biblical? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the things that we read about is that, yeah, about uh, him being taken up. Well, you remember Jesus was taken up, too. And and they said he went into a cloud. Well, what happens when fire comes down most of the time? You have smoke. And as far as uh, UFOs and stuff, I have seen personally, I have personally seen a spirit, or not a spirit, this was a a being from another planet. I've 
happening. So there is no way you can tell me anything else except those things exist. It was translucent. It was glowing. It had teeth. It had eyes. It uh, had it flapped on the side like nothing I've ever seen before, but that was its wings. And when it went up, it went faster than any spaceship that you could ever, or a rocket or anything. I mean, went straight into the atmosphere. And I had another person with me at the time it happened, so she was a witness. And we looked at each other. Did you see that? We both were scared. So, yes, I believe in UFOs. I do believe there are beings that are good, and I believe there are beings that are evil. I believe that God created this whole universe by his word and by his understanding, and that the uh, thing that we're supposed to learn about is three things. First of all is uh, the plan. The second of all is the uh, purpose. And the third thing is the correction. The plan is what God wanted to be here. He wanted us to, he wanted fellowship with everybody or every creature that he created. Then he gave us a purpose. Even the dirt has a purpose. Every ant has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. And then he gave us what they call the correction so that we can correct the things that we mess up to be made correct and made perfect, and they will go back to the plan and we'll have a happy world. And so what God is doing now, as I said, reconciliation. He's Though the, the spirit realm is attacking us and other things are attacking us, it's to draw us closer to him. Because when we, we ain't got nothing to fear, then we do what we want. But when we have some, Lord, I'm tired of just getting beat up and everything. Lord, I need this and I need that and I ain't got nothing and I'm losing things and stuff. It draws you closer to him. And a lot of people say, well, if he just set me free, then I won't have to worry about anything, and I'll do everything he wants for it. That's what we say. But what is the truth? There was a, uh, a story that was told. This man was drowning, and as he was drowning, he cried out to God, Lord, help me, save me. Just don't let me die. And so the Lord prayed and everything, and all of a sudden land started appearing toward him. So he was swimming, but he was getting tired. He said, Lord, please help me. Please just save me so I don't die and everything. So the Lord brought the land a little bit closer to him, and as he was getting closer, he said, now, Lord, now I was drowning out there, but I'm getting close now, and uh, you're not going to keep me under all those promises I see. That's the way people are. They say, oh, no, we're not. Yes, we are. We're selfish, and we have this thing called the ego, and that ego is another word for evil, evil inclination that causes us to do what we want to do because we're selfish. And that's because we ate of the tree, of the tree of good and evil. Did I answer your question? Um. Yes, you did. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, God bless. We have another question. Okay. Five zero one two zero eight. Your mic is open. Uh, yes. How y'all doing today? Oh, praise the Lord. Doing good. Praise God. I think I got insight on at least three of the questions that the lady asked earlier. Okay. So, I'm not going to give you the answer. 
It, it took one day, 24 hours or less, because in uh, Exodus, hold on, Exodus 14:24, it says, in the morning watch, he took the wheels off the chariots of the Egyptians, and he told uh, Moses to put his staff up, let the wind blow. And then at, in verse uh, 26, it says, at, at the morning watch, he went back to his strength. Okay, you said it started at what time? In the morning. And ended In the morning, morning watch? Yes. Okay. So I have to find out what is the morning watch and what that time started, and then what did the other one say? In the morning watch. On both of them. Yep, so it was a span of, of, of 24 hours. Okay. Because the reason I asked, because you said 24 hours or less, but it's specific yeah. time when you say that. Okay, great. What was the other question? The other, the other question. The other question is, I believe, in um, Job 38 through 42. When, what did he see? Uh, when, God, when God was telling him, where were you when I put this out and when I did, when I did this? I believe he gave That's him a right. gift. Yeah, that was a great. Gift of it was wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, that's true. All right. As I say, I don't know everything, but if you start talking, I'll, I'll start to realize it. <laughs> and then the third All right. one. Okay. The third one is about um, uh, what commandment did God give Adam? Well, you remember in the story of Abe and Cain and Abel, what they were fighting over, yeah. the sacrifice. God told sacrifice uh, uh, Adam to sacrifice or worship him through sacrifice. I hope that helped that young lady. Okay. Now, the sacrifice that they had, as I said, with Cain and Abram was that Cain gave his leftovers. Right. And God, God told him. question was, what commandment did God give Adam? Uh-huh. And it, I saw it. I found it because Catholics say that. I haven't. only person I could find it in, in, in Scripture was to put it together where uh, they were doing sacrifice because there's nowhere else where it talks about that earlier. So I would say that he gave them the commandment to worship them to sacrifice. Okay. I believe the question was what choices did God give? Uh, okay. I guess I miss. I guess I misunderstood that question. I apologize. And no problem. No problem. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to get this in before we get off the air. It's, it's Psalm 18. But there's some people out here going to need this right now. Part of of uh, what I want to tell y'all is. Um, uh, thing that you should say every day. Uh, what's the word that? Come on, y'all on the air. Affirmation. What word do you use? Affirmation. This is affirmation that you should use every day, especially when you're getting ready to go through stuff. So I want you to go to Psalms 18 and 16. Psalms 18 and 16. 
Okay, it says, uh, Rhonda, go ahead and read. Uh, No, 18 and 16. He said from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Stop. That's something you should write and read every day. When you're going through... He sent from above. Everything comes from above, from the Father of light. It comes down to us. And he took me and drew me out of many waters. Water, it means the word. Study the word. Speak the word. Be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word. He delivered me from my strong enemies. Who's your enemy? Satan. And from them that hated me. There's other spirits out here more than just Satan. That's why I was talking about uh, as uh, the man asked earlier, uh, is there such thing as terrestrial things? Yes, they are. And they hated me, and they were too strong for me. Now, the thing is, the more you read the scriptures and have those things said, you become more powerful in the Lord. The power is in the word. The word will make the earth tremble. The word will make your demons tremble. Your words will make Satan tremble. Any spiritual thing, if you not just say the word, but a hearer of the word, and becomes a part of you, then it drives demons out of you. Okay, go ahead and read. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. Because he delighted in me. I just told y'all earlier, God loves us so much. That's why he created us, so that we can, so he can have somebody to love and that they can love back. All right? So I'm not going to go any farther right now, but as I said, I want y'all to start using the word. The word is your salvation. He is a person. That's why his name is Jesus. It means that he shall save his people. Who is his people? The people of the word. A lot of times back in the Old Testament, they used to call them the people of the book. So that's what it means. The book people. Study the book. Say the book. Eat the book. That's why he said, uh, told that prophet, eat the book. And he went down his throat. He said, oh, this was sweet. But after he got bitter in my stomach. Why? It's a metaphor. It said, we not always want to do what God tells us to do. But we have to watch out for our ego and our pride. Those are two things that will knock you down in a minute. All right, anybody else got any questions before we get ready to go off? We got a couple more minutes. You have any questions, press one or comments. No questions, no comments. All right, well. I'm glad you was on tonight. I'm glad. Thank you, uh, Rhonda Mayberry. Thank you, Deborah Ross, and all the others that called in. And I'll turn it back over to you for a dismissal. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to pray us out. I just, um, uh, and be praying for Dorothy Carruthers. She's been sick, so pray for her and her family. Yes. Okay. Father God, we just pray for all the words that you have sown in our hearts this day. And we just ask that you watch over them and protect them. We just pray that these words produce good fruit that you may be glorified. 
As we close, we just thank you that you walk with us. We thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we just lift up those that are aren't sick or in pain or going through something right now. We just pray, Father God, for your healing to touch each one of those. And we just believe that you will heal them for your glory. And so the may, may the grace of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory today, tomorrow, forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remember, Jesus died for you, so live for him. Now go be a blessing. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Okay.